Uh, he's been really uh, moving in my heart, mind, and spirit. And believe it or not, what Jimmy said today was absolutely the truth. Uh, you got to believe what you preach. Amen. And I'm going to ask you to believe it too. I'm going to ask you to grab hold of what I'm going to share with you this morning. I put my watch out, and y'all know what that means, don't you? Absolutely nothing. It was just bothering my wrist. So uh, I, I do want to talk to you more about the Holy Spirit. He is so important. We talk about this idea of heaven touching earth, and I, I got really excited about heaven touching earth, and I don't know what, what you visualize, but I see heaven coming down and touching earth. And then the Holy Spirit said, you got that all wrong, son. He said, heaven's already come down. Heaven has come down in the form of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit touches you, heaven has touched you. When you walk in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, you're walking in a brand new place. That's why he tells us to be heavenly minded. He said for us to, to see things from above and not from below. Because he wants us to see it from a kingdom perspective. And the kingdom is a revelation of heaven itself. And so he wants us to begin to experience heaven on earth through the work of the Holy Spirit. Am I making sense to you? He wants you to be able to know what it means to walk in perfect peace. He wants you to understand what it, what it means to, be walk, to walk in perfect security. He wants you to understand what it means to walk in constant and continual joy. That's what He wants. How do I know that? Because the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The revelation of heaven is a, is a relationship with Jesus, a place of joy, and, and a place of rest and peace. Amen? Doesn't matter what we're doing in our work. So the Holy Spirit is extremely important to us understanding heaven touching earth. You've got to believe it. Sometimes when we pray, we pray like we're praying way off. I, I do the same thing, but the Holy Spirit abides in you. 1 Corinthians 3.16 and 6.19 says this, Do you not know you are God's temple and that God's Spirit lives in you? Turn to your neighbor and say, God's Spirit lives in you. 6.19 said, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? God says you're His vessel. You are, the, you are the place of residence of God Himself. So when the Spirit is represented, when the Spirit is in you, the Father and the Son are represented because you have the Godhead dwelling in you bodily, your body, and He's dwelling there. And so we have the Holy Spirit. I told you this last week, and I'm just trying to reiterate a few things. The Holy Spirit came to reveal Jesus. I mean, no, Jesus needs to be revealed. Right now, the Jews in Israel have no revelation of Jesus. They've been blinded until the time of the fullness of the Gentiles. And until the Holy Spirit lifts that, they're not going to be able to really see Jesus. There'll be many that get saved because there were during Paul's time. But the, the wholeness of Israel coming into the Messiah will come by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. And so the, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit is to reveal Jesus. Jesus was here to reveal Father. 
The Bible says that he spoke in times, in, in times past through the prophets. He revealed who he was through the prophets. But he said when Jesus came, he said, I no longer speak through the prophets. I speak through the life and the existence of my son, Jesus Christ. He's saying if you want to know who I am and what I am, you examine who Jesus is and what he did, and you will see exactly what, who I am. He displayed my character 100% without any flaws. Wow. That's pretty incredible. So God says he's revealed himself. So the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to reveal Jesus. Jesus is going to be revealed the Father. And so you're going to have a revelation of the Father that is so much greater than anything that you've ever seen before. It will absolutely shake you to the very foundation of who you are. When John came into the presence of Jesus, this is the one that he knew. He had laid his head on the breast of Jesus in the book of Revelation. When John came in and Jesus appeared, the Bible says John fell like a dead man man at his feet. Can you believe that? Why? Because the revelation of Jesus just went exponentially greater than it had ever been before. If you're not seeking out to know God better, there's something wrong because what you have done is you've taken your salvation and you've made it all about you and not about God. And the Holy Spirit is going to reverse that curse and he's going to make it all about him and not about you at all. Amen. You get blessed in the midst of acknowledging who he is. You receive what God has for you because he loves you and he wants to bless you. You've been declared that. In Luke 3:16, Jesus said, I I mean John said, I baptize you with water, but he John the Baptist I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the thong of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He's going to immerse you in the Holy Spirit. He's going to place you in the midst of a kingdom culture, and where he wants all you want you to see is what he is doing. He doesn't want you to see little Susie in the fact that her body hasn't responded 100%. He wants you to see that he has moved her from glory to glory into a greater place. He doesn't want you to see the fact that your, that your son or your daughter's in trouble. He wants you to see what the power of his spirit can do. He doesn't want you to look at your, at, your, at your spouse or whoever that's in jail. He wants you to look at the freedom that he has available for them. God wants you looking from a kingdom perspective and not looking at things the way that the earth looks at things. Amen? Amen. I told you this a long time ago. God loves jail. He can't get you any other way. He'll put you in jail. And then you can talk to him for a little while. Anyway, let me go on. He wants to expose you to this. He, want, he completely wants to, to change the way we think. The Holy Spirit's inside of us gutting us. Don't you like that terminology? He's gutting you. Wow, you got stuff that gets in the way of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got stuff. Anybody wants to tell you they ain't got stuff, they lying to you. Amen. We got stuff that gets in the way. In Luke 24, 49, Jesus said, And behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father. What was the promise? The Holy Spirit. And he said, Upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power. 
There's part of this thing of understanding the Holy Spirit that has to be clothed in power. And we've run away from that in our churches because we've not been able to walk in a full, power, a full manifestation and demonstration of the power of God. We get little gracelets. We get little times when, when God moves and, and we get excited about that. But God said, I want to move in power and in authority and I want to demonstrate who I am through that power and that authority. He said, I'm going to clothe you. I'm going to wrap you up in power. A lot of us, when we got the Holy Spirit, we got tongues. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, when you get the Holy Spirit, you're going to get power. Hallelujah. Now, tongues were a part of it, and I, and I like that. But He said, you're going to get power. He said, you're going to get clothed in power. You're going to be empowered to preach. You're going to be empowered to demonstrate the presence of the kingdom through signs and wonders. You're going to get power to lay hands on the sick. You're going to get power. Why? Because Jesus said it. Amen. Do you believe what I'm preaching? Do you believe it? And, and so you've got to grab hold of this thing and say, yes, I believe what the Holy Spirit was sent here to do. And I'm filled with this Holy Spirit. And I need to release more of the power of His love, more of the power uh, of His miracles. I need to be one like Christ. I mean, with Christ. I like what John Piper said. I read this last week. There is as much power this week as there was last week. You know what we talk about? Man, if you could have been there to Zusa Street. To heck with Azusa Street. God has not withdrawn His power. What happened at Azusa Street can happen at Mount Carmel Road. What happened, what happened in Africa can happen right here. What happened in Haiti can happen right here. There's no lack of power, people. It is no lack of power. There's as much last week as, as there was the week before. This year is last year and next year. There's as much power in one place as in another, in one country, or one meeting as in another. God's power is undiminished. Listen to this. Undiminished, unchanging, full voltage, maximum wattage, and perfect amperage. Amen. Can that all speak to you, you old electrician, you? Hey, talking sparky. Amen. Come on. Is it true or isn't it true? It's true. And then God asks this next question, is it true in my life? And if the answer is no, it's not true, then guess what? We've got to seek it greater than we seek it. What did he say? He said, wait until you're endowed with power from on high. What were they doing while they were waiting? Well, man, they were shooting pool, bowling a little, playing a little golf. Having a big time. I mean, you know, they were partaying. No, they weren't, were they? They were dead serious about this thing. God says there's a promise, and we're not moving till we get what God promised. Hallelujah. Jacob held on to, on to that angel of the Lord until he got the blessing right. from God. Well, that's not the way my God works. Well, then throw your Bible away. Because that's the way the God of the Bible works. Amen. He says, hold on. hold on. Hold on to it. God is never half as much with you. The Holy Spirit has, has, has and is the link between heaven and earth, bringing heaven down to earth. What we receive when we are baptized in the Spirit is the same reality that we would know in heaven. 
the Holy One of Heaven is the Holy One on earth. God manifested supernaturally, divinely, as well as physically. Turn to your neighbor ask him, you got the Holy Ghost living in you? It kind of reminds me of the whole story. You know, when I was a kid, we used to make prank phone calls. Any of y'all ever make prank phone calls? Gosh, you don't do that now because they can call you right back. But you know, our, one of my favorite one was, uh, you got Prince Albert in a can? You better let him out. Amen? For those younger than, than, than I am, that's tobacco in a can. You got Prince Albert in a can? You got the Holy Ghost in a can? You better let him out. Amen. Sometimes we got him blocked up. Sometimes he wants to move and we get scared we don't want to move. Sometimes the Holy Spirit wants to speak and we're sitting there and we're shaking like a leaf and we won't speak because we want to bottle him up. We're afraid we might make a mistake. Can I tell you, get over it. Quit worrying about making a mistake. I'd rather you make a mistake trying than to sit there and do nothing and die while you're sitting there. Listen, the Holy Ghost has got things for us to do and a destiny for us to fulfill. And as long as we're sitting, we will never do what God wants us to do. He's saying, move. Move in the power. Move in the authority. Well, if I lay hands on people and they don't get healed, well, they're not any worse off than they were before you laid hands on them. Amen? If I speak the word and it doesn't come to pass, listen, it doesn't matter. Until you grab hold of what the Holy Spirit has done, you've got to do it. But where first off, you've got to believe you got the Spirit of God right uh, abiding in you. Do you or don't you? Do you or don't you? You see, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're to be filled with His presence. We're to reveal the Father's heart through prophecy. The Apostle Paul, he said, he said, desire, lust after, go after prophecy. Why? He said, I want you to desire it so much until you can begin to reveal the Father's heart. He said, prophecy reveals and releases the Father's heart. I've said this before and I want to say it again. If it's not revealing the Father's heart, it's not prophecy. If it doesn't testify of Jesus, it's not prophecy. Pretty simple. In Romans 6, 4, it says, we were buried with Him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. How many of you have been baptized? If you hadn't been, you need to be. Amen. Peter said, what must I do to be saved? He said, what must we do to be saved? He said, repent and be baptized. I just want to encourage you to be baptized. We talked about that Wednesday night. I'm not going to get into the the uh, theology behind that, but I just want to encourage you. Baptism is recognition that you are totally acknowledging with all of your being that you are identifying with Jesus Christ and you want to be known as His follower in the earth. You are publicly saying it. it, it you know, motorcycle gangs wear colors. Listen, Christians wear Christ. Amen. They are clothed in the power of the Holy Spirit and they live like they're clothed in the power of the Holy Spirit. He says this word newness means a renewed life. He said we're going to live in a renewed life. And the problem is if you hadn't got the Holy Spirit, then you're depending on yourself in order to pump yourself up. Any of y'all ever been to any of these PMA uh, meetings? Not PMS meetings now, PMA meetings. Positive mental attitude. 
His positive mental attitude things, they will pump you up. They'll get you so excited, they'll get you running. Man, you'll leave the room toe-tapping, excited about what's going on, and then before you can get home, you've lost what's happening. That's not permanent renewal. That's people knowing how to excite what's inside of you. The Holy Spirit not only knows how to excite you, He knows how to set you on fire even in the midst of your problems. Can I tell you, if you are focused more on your problems than you are on the Holy Spirit, then you're not going to burn for Christ. You're going to whimper. Because you're going to complain. And you're going to grumble. Well, I'm not grumbling about Jesus. If you're grumbling, you're grumbling about Jesus. You don't have to include Him in it. If you are not focused on Him, God said that the children of Israel did not enter into the promised land because of their grumbling and their complaining. You know what that meant? Their grumbling and their complaining would not allow them to see what God was doing, would not allow them to hear what God was saying. God said, go take the land, I have it prepared for you. They said there are giants in the land. They were grumbling and complaining rather than declaring what God had declared. Am I making any sense to you today? You see, the Holy Spirit will only declare what God has declared. And so we begin to declare what God says rather than grumbling and complaining. And so we got to take our eyes off the problems and fix them on the cross. we got to understand the revelation that comes through the resurrection and the power of Jesus Christ. If you're grumbling and complaining, shut up! Nobody wants to hear it anyway. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's the truth. People ask you how you're feeling. They don't really want to know. But good Lord, you tell them, and man, they will start the grumbling and complaining like you can't believe. Why can't they just confess? According to Jesus' word, I am healed, I'm delivered, I'm set free, I'm doing good. God's got me. Turn to neighbor and say, God's got this. Turn to the other side and say, I trust God. Mm. Somebody came up here and made the statement, I don't remember which one it was, that, that in this church we have to learn to trust God. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you want to go through my plan of learning how to trust God, it was about five to seven years in deep wilderness and distress. Until I finally said, okay, God, I trust you. Now, if you'd asked me before I went through all that, I would have told you I trusted God. When I was going through it, I had my eyes so much focused on the problems and the situations, I could not see God. I could not understand that the Holy Spirit was abiding in me. I could not believe that the Holy Ghost could change things as quickly as He can. Why? Because the reality was I didn't trust God. I was more like the children that were wandering around in the wilderness than I was like, like uh, uh, Joshua and Caleb. And I thought I was a man of faith. I'm telling you, as long as you focus on the problems, you will never get to the solution. You will never get to the answer. 
He said, we got to walk in a renewed life. we got to walk in the newness of life. You know, renewal is to be a way of life. I, I, I never will forget we had this thing called the renewal that came through and people had joy. We ought not have to have a renewal come through in order to be able to walk in joy. We ought to best be able to go get in our spot. We ought to be able to go in our closet and sit in our closet and just have the joy of the Lord come. And we ought to sit there until we get back to the joy of the Lord. My closet is an old brown couch sitting in my office that if any of y'all get into, God help you, it'll take a crane to get you up out of it because you just keep going all the way down. But it's my spot. It's where I go. It's where I sit. I do get frustrated. I do get upset. And when I do, I go sit in my little brown couch right in the corner. And I sit there till the Holy Spirit moves. And I'm not going to move. I'm not going to go home. I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to sit there until the Holy Spirit moves on me. Do you do it every time? I'm at about 85%. I'm going to 100. What do you do? What do you do? The resurrection power of Jesus is given through us. Let me tell you what, that same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, we sing that song, He dwells in you. We've heard that over and over and over and over and over and over. That same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Problem is, we don't believe it. Jesus looked at his disciples. They couldn't cast out one of the big devils, legion. said, why couldn't we do that? He said, oh, ye of little faith. You tell people today, oh, ye of little faith. They're going, oh, God, you put us down. No, I'm challenging you to go greater and deeper in faith. That's what Jesus was telling them. He said, this time, this kind only comes out through fasting and prayer. Everybody said, well, I'm going to fast and twist God's arm. I'm going to pray till God does what I want to do. No, what he's saying is I want a greater relationship with you. I want the things of this earth to begin to dissipate it. I want me to become more, more on the throne. When you begin to see my throne in a greater measure than you see it right now, when you begin to grab hold of my authority in greater measure than you do right now, you'll tell that devil to run and he'll run and tuck his tail and he won't ever look back. Because he won't see you, he will see me. You see, if the demons aren't, see, they're not afraid of you whatsoever. They'll beat your little butt till you can't stand up. But if you've got God inside of you, they are afraid of God. As a matter of fact, they will begin to scream out, it's not our time. It's not our time. What are you doing here? Son of, the, son, son of man, why are you here to torment us? You see, we ought to be tormenting demons. I go to churches, they say, we ain't never seen a demon manifest. That means you ain't got enough God in you to manifest a demon. Amen? Lord, forgive me for that one. Resurrection power. I never will forget when Guy Chevreau was here one time, he'd been going through the renewal that, that, that happened in Canada for a long period of time. And, and God had just been using him and using him and using him. And he'd seen signs and wonders and miracles. And he'd been in Mozambique with the, with the bakers. And, and God had used him mightily. In one meeting, he had 700 Muslims converted. And they were all power conversions. You know what I mean when I say a power conversion? It means they were sick and they got healed. They were bound and they got delivered. Now, you don't just walk in and tell a Muslim, you know, you need Jesus and they get saved. It's a power struggle in Islam. And the power of God was so great. And he said, Eddie, he said, watch when we go watch it walk down the streets of Atlanta. He said, people will begin to snarl at me. And I said, you've got to be kidding, Guy. 
truth of the matter is people would snarl at him. You know why? The Holy Ghost of God. The devil in them was snarling at the Spirit in him. Those should be ordinary experiences of everyday Christians. I'm try- I hope I'm challenging you today. I-, I don't want to condemn you. I want to challenge you. I don't care where you are. You've got the Holy Spirit living in you. What we want is more of who He is. We want Him to allow Him to flow greater. Romans 8, 11 says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. This is what Paul is saying. He's saying the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that's the Spirit that dwells in you. He said, I'm telling you. There were, there were miracles that were being performed by the Holy Spirit. Some people call it the acts of the apostle. I like what I heard the other day. Somebody ought to say it was the acts of the Holy Spirit. The apostles were just dead men filled with the Holy Ghost and letting him do what they, he wanted to do. And, he, and so they began to do it. Uh, Peter healed the lame man. God uh, answered Peter in a miraculous earthquake. He sent an earthquake. He shook the whole earth for one man. Ananias and Sapphira were slain by the Spirit. Signs and wonders continued to be done. Peter healed many at various uh, places. The prison doors were opened by an angel. Stephen, the deacon, wrought great wonders and signs. In Samaria, Philip did great miracles and signs. Philip was translated. A prison gate was miraculously opened for Paul. Paul blinded Elamas. Paul performed miracles in Iconium at Listeria. Paul healed a crippled man. Paul healed a woman possessed by an evil spirit. The miraculous earthquake that unloosed all the chains and doors in the Philippian prison. God shook the earth one time. He shook it two times. He shook it three times. He shook it four times. Why? He shook the earth to break the chains of bondage on the people that He loved. You don't think God won't shake the earth for you? Oh, you don't believe it. Y'all be out there looking like me, like I believe in unicorns. <laughs> Have y'all ever read the book? Amen. Amen. I'm not telling you anything that's not outside the book. I'm not telling you anything that's outside the Bible. Everything I'm telling you, I've got Scripture to back up. In Acts 6, it said Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, they allowed it. He was stoned, full of the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, he said he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. Luke tells us in verse 8 that he was therefore full of power and did wonders and signs among the people. But in verse 10, the leaders could not resist the wisdom and spirit with which he spoke. His fullness gave him an extraordinary power for a Christ-exalting ministry. In Acts 9, 17, Paul is filled with the Holy Spirit at his conversion. And the result was he spoke with such extraordinary powers that the Jews of Damascus were confounded. In Acts eleven twenty four, Barabbas, I mean Barnabas, was full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and, and, the, and the effect Luke mentions was that a large company was added to the Lord. 
Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit as he spoke at Elamus and the magician, and God gave him the extraordinary power to pronounce Elamus blind for a season. You see, not only did God back him up, but God did these things miraculously. You remember he had the girl at Lystra that followed him, and he cast the demon out of her. He was bitten by a viper, and he shook the viper off, and then he was allowed to minister to a whole nation of people. Uh, I mean, a whole island of people. They all got saved. He was able to do many things. They threw him in prison, and in prison he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Paul did these things. Peter would walk down the road, and his shadow would pass over people, and they would be healed. Well, Eddie, that was during the days of the apostles. God is doing so many things right now, so many miraculous things. You ought to read the testimonies of some of these Muslims that are getting saved and Jesus is invading their dreams. Signs, wonders, and miracles are taking place. We had a, we had a man in here that spoke. He won't even talk about it. He raised seven people from the dead. You ask him, say, well, tell me about it. He said, no, 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 that's past. Let's talk about what God's doing now. We write books about those things. We've had people in this congregation raised from the dead. You either believe it or you don't believe it. What happens is our, our faith system and our belief system, it doesn't line up with the realities that we've been taught, and so we have a hard time overcoming the earthly realities. That's why we need the Holy Spirit so bad, is because the Holy Spirit begins to tell us. How many of you know there's angels in this place? Amen, amen, amen. Eddie, do you see angels? Nope. But the Word of God tells me that there are two angels minimum for every person in this room. Amen. If I'm in this room, angels are in this room. Well, Eddie... Thought y'all wanted to be a supernatural people. What are you doing? You see, the, the, the truth of the matter is we need to be filled and we need to be refilled. And refilled and refilled and refilled. And we need to be and we need to be we need to have things removed from our life continually. I, I think we will be having things removed from our life until the day that we die. But the biggest thing that we need to remove from us right now is doubt and unbelief. Amen. Doubt and unbelief have to go. I met a man named Jimmy Lentz. I never will forget Jimmy Lentz because I had my first graphite driver. And he said on the pulpit he wanted one and God told me to give him my driver. I said, Lord, you know how long I've been waiting on this driver. And he said, give him to my servant. Jimmy Lentz was in a Methodist church talking about the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And he said he was preaching in Africa one day. And he said he, what he didn't realize was that in the country that he was preaching, it was illegal to be preaching on the streets about Jesus Christ. And so what happened was they got a killing party together. Do you know what a killing party is? 
they got a group of tribesmen together to kill him. And he said, as I was sitting there preaching the gospel, one came within two feet of me, and he drew back that arrow. Put it to my, towards my heart. He said, I knew I had one because it was a beating about 9,000 beats a minute. He said, I knew I was full of faith because my knees were shaking like I was about to die. He said, and he fell on his knees and accepted Jesus Christ. Amen. He said, I didn't say a word. I just stood there. I had a man named Silas DeWitty that preached under Idi Amin in Uganda. He had a reward of $10,000 on his head for preaching the gospel in Uganda. He said one night they came and burned his house down, chased him and his family out. He said they hit him in the head three times with a machete. He said, look in my head. Not a scar, not a dent. There was never a drop of blood that was shed. You sure you're ready? Let me take you one step further. And you just shake your head if you want to. It's okay. Hallelujah. Oh, I can't remember the man's name. If I call it, you know me. He's in Tampa, Florida. He's a Mennonite that got filled with the Holy Spirit. They went into revival. They went into revival, and for six weeks, they couldn't even speak in English. All they could do was speak in tongues. The whole, the whole town. The whole town did that. Revival just absolutely blew up. He said one night at his compound down in Tampa, he was sleeping and he began to dream that he was, he was in Israel. And he passed over into to, to the Palestinian area. And when he was passed over there, he was walking on the street and there was an automobile accident. And in this dream, he went and he pulled the man out and saved his life, prayed over him and saved his life. Two years later, this man was in Israel. He went across the border, met with several of the Palestinian leaders, and one of the colonels that was standing there started saying, you're the man, you're the man, you're the man. Well, he said, what are you talking about? He said, I know you. You pulled me out of the automobile accident I was in. You prayed for me and saved my life. And he said, I wasn't here. Yes, you were. I know who you are. Because of that, he was allowed to preach the gospel to the head of the Palestinians at that point in time, and I can't remember his name, I apologize. But he preached the gospel and asked him to accept Jesus Christ. Amen. Eddie, do you believe that? I know this man. I've met him, I've talked with him, I've sat with him. How far you want to go with the Holy Ghost?
Now let me tell you the other part of that. He lives in Tampa, Florida, and he has a reward on his head. Any Muslim that would kill him would immediately receive a $10,000 reward. So yeah, he moves in power. He moves in authority. But there's a price. There's a price. All I'm trying to do is challenge you today. Well, Eddie, you've, de- you've defied my, my logic. If God can't defy your logic, something is wrong. If he can't take you to a place that you don't understand, then he's not big enough. If you don't understand that the Holy Spirit will take you to places that you've never, ever considered being before in your life, mm, He will. All I'm telling you today is you need to know the Holy Spirit. You need to know the part of heaven that is touching earth. It is the person of the Holy Ghost. Stand to your feet. Amen.